0: Let's try it again. Darian it's time for another episode of the padded room podcast what's going on ladies and gentlemen it's me again for another week all by my goddamn self I am sorry about that Uh, what can I say everybody's either at work or sick or sick at work which is my modality these days I cannot stop working and uh, I am uh, I actually feel pretty good uh, today I feel pretty good. Last couple of days, not so much. I don't care. I am dauntless in my quest to bring you only the best and brightest of horror news and reviews and things that I feel like talking about this week right here in the Padded Room Podcast. Thank you guys very much for joining me. Uh, Nobody, no Jason, again, no Monica, no nobody at all. Nobody at all. Um, Maybe somebody next week, maybe not. I'm not counting on it, but you can count on me being here for you with my horror bullshit. I got a cup of coffee. I got a stack of horror movies to tell you about, some of which you may have seen, some of which you haven't. Uh, I have your correspondence. I have horror news hot off the press. I've got everything I need right here, boys and girls. I don't need anybody else. It'll just be me. Not that I would mind having somebody else in here. Uh, so I don't feel like a crazy person in my guest room talking to myself. But I guess that's just not going to happen. So now that I've droned on long enough and ruined everybody's night, <laughs> let's uh, let's get into the show, shall we? Horror news, listener mail, all the usual fun stuff. Have you started your Christmas shopping yet? I think we have, what, 10 days to Christmas, 14 days, something like that. I did. I did, I did some online shopping. And now... Um, well, it was mostly for myself. <laughs> I'm easily sidetracked. I'm sorry. Uh, but, uh, no, I got. I did some online shopping for the other peoples in my household. And now I'm getting a little nervous that that shit is not going to show up by Christmas. Because I'm not very good at reading Amazon uh, descriptions or arrival dates or projected arrival dates or anything really at all. Um... In regards to, I'm an irresponsible shopper, is what it boils down to, and I am sorry, um, but uh, you know, Christmas, January 3rd, January 9th, you'll get your shit, alright, people? So just calm the hell down, it'll get here eventually, is what I say. Uh, Alright, enough about me, let's get get down to business here. We got horror news, listener mail, all that uh, fun stuff. Why don't we kick things off with a little horror news, my friends.
1: Horror news.
0: Yes, you may. Uh, Here's some fun stuff. Uh, Mutilator 2 has gotten an official poster. Now, do you remember Mutilator? You probably don't. You probably remember the box art and maybe the poster. It was like five or six dead kids hanging on a a clothesline or something like that. And uh, like a bloody meat hook kind of a thing dangling in the background. Um, I have tried repeatedly to get through that fucking movie. I can't. Uh, I'm going to make a, a concerted effort this week. I know it's out there. It's probably on Tubi, just like everything else. Uh, I know it's supposed to be like a, like a mid-80s slasher. But, dude, the, the, the various times that I've attempted, the amount of character exposition uh, on these kids is a bit much. We're talking well past the 45-minute mark, and it's still these kids getting ready for their big trip. And uh, sure, they're going to get thrown into a meat grinder when they get there. But who the hell wants to watch 45 minutes of somebody falling in love with one guy or girl and then being tempted by another? I didn't sign up for a friggin' soap opera, did you? I didn't think so. Plus, it's been like, what, goddamn, 40 years since the original? Are there any diehard mutilator fans out there that were chomping at the bit for a sequel to this thing? I seriously doubt it. I seriously other than me and probably you guys who are also horror nerds i don't anybody's going to remember the original mutilator i'm going to i'm i'm going to watch it i'm going to buckle down i'm going to dismiss the children and the wife and i'm going to say i have got to get through the motherfucking mutilator this week and i will report back next week on my findings i, I, uh, I don't think it's, i don't think i'm going to like it tell you right now what else we got here? Uh, Enya, Anya, Anya Taylor Joy and Ralph Fiennes have been nominated for Golden Globes for the menu. Has anybody sat through this thing yet? I haven't. I know it's being called a horror movie. Um, I think it is streaming presently on Peacock, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I think it has something to do with like a highfalutin chef and cannibalism. So. There you go. And possibly uh, feeding rich people to themselves or something. I don't know. Uh, I like Anya Taylor-Joy. Ralph Fiennes was in one of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Strange Days. So I'm a big fan of his, or at least I was in 1996 or whatever. But uh, I, I'm got that. should I put that on my watch list also? I probably should. I should probably check that out and let you know what I think of that. Uh, what else we got here? Bones and All. Is to hit VOD this week. Now, th- speaking of cannibals, this is being called a cannibal romance. Do, th- do those things go together? I feel like they don't. I feel like uh, if you're going to eat people, there's not a lot of room to fall in love with the people that you're going to eat. I could see a ghost romance. Um, there's plenty of those movies. Uh, I watched a zombie romance once. I think it was called Dead Honeymoon or something like that. Dumb as shit um what else oh uh, warm bodies that's another zombie romance another one dumb as fuck all um vampire romances those are a dime a dozen but a cannibal romance how does that work exactly do i do i need to check this out has anybody seen it i don't know um i might i'm it's got my curiosity if nothing else i might i might dig in there uh speaking of digging in crimes of the future Now, we watched this a couple weeks ago. It's getting a uh, physical release, uh, 4K and Ultra HD. uh, Probably be out next week. Um, uh, Okay. Uh, (laughs) Cronenberg at his most Cronenbergiest, I think, is the best way to describe this, right? Uh, I guess we're all going to be eating plastic in a couple of years and because we're making too much plastic and human biology is evolving to adapt to the the nearest suitable food source i don't know i don't know what you're you're going for here dave um i don't think i'll be picking that up i like i like i have let me rephrase that i have to be in the mood for cronenberg i like better yet i'm I'm a big fan of early cronenberg um the brood videodrome uh shivers um the fly after that, I, I wasn't even mad at History of Violence because that was more of like a weird action revenge thing. Um, not so much on the weird body-melting stuff, stomach-vagina situation. Weird. He's a weirdo, man. He's a weird guy. And uh, I know his his philosophy is that all real horror must come from within, i.e. the human body. But uh, I don't know. man. I feel like... Uh, if you were to have sex with David Cronenberg, David it would involve some weird implementations is what I'm thinking. You know what I mean? He's going to break out the toolbox and uh, not necessarily use any of it on you. He wants you to use it on him. I don't know, man. I'm, I'm just not – I got to be in the mood. And I, have not, I was not in the mood for crimes of the future, I guess. And lastly, here's some big news. I'm pretty excited for this. I don't know about you guys. Shawnee Smith is in talks to return for another Saw installment. This would be Saw 10. Um, I think that includes Spiral and Jigsaw. Um, I don't know, man. I, 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 like, I like Saw. Uh, if, if you put me on the spot, I would probably say that's my favorite horror franchise just because it was so revolutionary, you know. With the congruent storylines and the parallel storylines and things like that. Uh, We never saw that before. And hate as you may on Jigsaw and the torture porn situation. You got to admit, it was fucking original, you (laughs) a-hole. But, um, Spiral. Uh, Not, uh, like 99% cop drama. And uh, while that didn't necessarily make it a bad show, it didn't feel like a saw movie to me. And maybe that's what Chris Rock was going for—something besides something saw adjacent. I feel like is where that m- more likely fit in. Uh, Jigsaw, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it wasn't bad. Um, I watched it once, and I've never watched it again. Um. I remember not... It had the dude from the Glades in it. And he was taking over as the new uh, Jigsaw Killer. And, um, I don't know. Uh, didn't really... Didn't really. F- I feel like that was supposed to kickstart another, um, like, uh, set of sequels. And it just didn't. It just didn't do very well. So they just dropped it off. Like, that dude was supposed to come back for, like, three or four movies, I think. But it was just not to be. And that kind of... Well, I wasn't mad at it. it, it didn't hold the allure of the original first six or seven movies, I guess. Uh, either way, Shawnee Smith coming back. Uh, didn't she die? I thought she died. Uh, Amanda? I could have swore she got killed by the detective guy. I could be wrong. Anyway, uh, that's all I got on the horror news. How about some listener mail then? You maniacs.
1: listener
0: mail yes ma'am I got uh, emails voicemails a passenger pigeon or two I don't know how those got in here I try to keep them out Uh, let's start things off over in jolly old England here comes the horror slut cats in the house subject line watches evening gen I I wonder if she's talking about wrist watches because periodically people like to send me pictures of their genitalia uh, and not, you know, tell me it's a picture of your cock. Say, hey, what do you think of my watch? And then the watch is, you know, cock. Right next to the cock is what's going on there. All right, watches. Evening, gent. I do hope everyone had a safe week and that you have some company soon. So I had to remember what the joke was, and we'll say that Cowboy has a really nice watch. I knew it. I fucking knew it. Those two are sending each other uh fucking naked pictures is what they're doing. yeah uh-huh. I knew it. I knew it. I knew it, Cat. I don't want to see it, though. Don't send it to me. No, thank you. Uh, he, he, though, his bribery was something much better for my oralism, and certain phrases said are always worth waiting for when earned. I am curious as to the returning segment and am sure it will be fun. I hope everyone has a safe and healthy week. Cat! Well, you just stay tuned there, Cat, and I will bust, the, uh, I will bust your uh, cherry when it comes to the returning segment. Speaking of Cowboy and his ding-dong, here he comes, the man from Reno, Nevada. Cowboy's in the house. Subject line, old segment. Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well. And someone made it in tonight. Possibly the return of Deacon's joke hour. (laughs) Ha ha. So the thing about that, Cowboy, (laughs) about that, is um, it really depends on how long it takes me to edit this show on a Tuesday night because... If I can get it done fast enough, I can get Deke in here to to give us a dad joke. Uh, If it takes too long, then I run past his bedtime and he's out. So wish me luck. I do my best. But uh, sometimes there's a lot of coughing and hacking and farting that I have to cut out. Because I like to think of myself as professional. There, cowboy. All right, I'm not some kind of a rube. All right, back to cowboy. Uh, joke hour. Ha, I haven't had much time to watch anything this week, but have been working through the Hellraiser franchise again, just because it was available. Best wishes to everyone's families, and hopefully things get better. Nothing else here except for work killing me, but tis the season. Hope everyone has a great week. Catch you on the flip, cowboy. Right on, cowboy. Thanks for writing in, dude. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, keep those dick pics going to Cat. She seems to enjoy them, so you got that going for you. Uh, looks like I got some voicemails here, dudes. Okay, this first one actually came in right smack in the middle of last week's show, but it's from our main man Tom Hardy. Let's hear what he had to say last week. Hey yo,
2: hey yo, How's my favorite degenerates this week?
0: Well, I was there. I'm
2: not sure if I made it in on you time, but I'm getting my shit in anyway. Hey, oh yeah, put me down for them critters, man. Oh, you lost. Take it, critters, all the way. I think it's time the critters finally want a terror dome.
0: I don't think so. Uh, hey,
2: Jason, Alan, you guys are going through some shit. Stay yep. strong, brothers. Of uh course. hope all is well. Uh, last thing there, Mr. Brock, you yes, were sir. talking about predators and um, you you recognized I don't know, was it an Easter egg or a cameo of whatever uh-huh. the um, the critter that was uh, that had been caught by the predators, the winged uh, oh, predator, yeah. that uh, monster or whatever. It
0: had wings. That
2: the predators were hunting. Uh huh. And um, what that was actually, uh, I don't know if you were able to make it out. It was actually the creeper.
0: Oh, wasn't see? the creeper?
2: Because fucking wings don't mean shit, motherfucker. Oh
0: wow. Anyway,
2: hope all is well. Love you like family. Bye now.
0: How dare you? <laughs> Man, he is not gonna forgive me for my flying argument, is he? He's not. He's chomped down on it, lock jaw tight, and he is not gonna let up. Do I? Do, do I deserve that? Probably, but uh, whatever. I. I don't think the. I don't think the predators could kill the creeper, dude. I don't think they could. Um, I don't know. Well, maybe they. Maybe they blow him to bits or something. But uh, whatever. Uh, let's get over to beautiful downtown Anderson, Indiana. Here comes Coop Newcomb. There's somebody in here, Cooper.
3: What's up, Darian? What's going on, the man? Ball is good. Hope you guys are, uh... I'm okay. healthy and staying safe. I um, feel
0: good.
3: So, first off, on Shutter, I got to watch, what uh... Got? What was that called? It was an old Italian one, I think, oh, called Torso. Best.
0: Torso, yeah.
3: And, uh... Wow. I think I think huh. it's in the category of the giallos. Yes, sir. But uh man, uh I was really blown away by how like uh, how attractive the women are in they that do. and how much nudity they, they show for that's such what an it old is, movie, man. but uh Yeah. Uh, I definitely wanted to say if you haven't seen it, that's uh I have seen it. That's gotta be in Darian's Stank Bank there. You but, bet your sweet ass it is. Um tried watching a couple of others. Yeah non-horror things like bullet train and i don't know, just don't want to
0: i heard good things about that. i don't know
3: maybe i'm an idiot i just i can't keep up with that crap but anyway <laughs> that's really all i got nothing uh nothing crazy so all right uh, hope you're doing well hope everybody's doing well and i'll hit you up later that See sounds you.
0: good brother uh the giallo man Giallo uh, is a is a subgenre of horror. You guys know that. I don't have to tell you that. But one of the staples of the giallo is uh, buxom young ladies getting butchered by some kind of a sicko, and sometimes like they get raped too. So there's always plenty of nudity involved. Um, I wish there was like a uh, giallo section at Warehouse Records and Tapes when I was renting movies from there at the ripe old age of nine. Uh, even looking at like the covers of these things, you could beat off to them. I'm gonna tell you right now, you could beat off. to You just look at the covers, squeeze one out, not a problem. Right on, Coop. Thanks for writing in, dog. Um, yeah, let's get over to let's get down to the funky old South, shall we? It's the main man in Alabama. Alan's in the house. what's up? What's up, Alan? Doing good, Mr. Darian. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Educating Mr. Darian, come on. are you, come on now, Lord of Illusions? No. So cool. anyway, uh, Barbarian seen it, liked
3: it. Okay. I uh, hope you dig it. That's all I got. Bye.
0: Right on. Thanks for writing in, Alan. You're going to kick yourself right in the ass when I tell you who I was last week, because it's a movie that I know you've seen, and I know pretty probably all you guys have seen it. Uh, whether or not you admit to having seen it is a whole other story uh all right now he's back for this week it's our main man in southern california tom hardy has returned probably to make fun of me again hey yo padded room
2: how's my favorite degenerate this week
0: uh, it's just me again
2: i do hope you're doing good i am okay mr brock i see you decided not to play my last message to give the I did anyway. Camp, but... you fucker all right all right, we'll let that slide. I guess it wouldn't matter anyway. <laughs> no, it would not. But uh, let me get right into it. You know, okay. Uh, for the educating. Come on. This is, this is. Come on. I think, is one of the ones I'm going to fucking be pissed about. Like, oh, God. Come man, on, I Tom that one. Take a stab but at it. I don't know who you are. Damn it. Um, I did have something on the, uh, hmm. what are you looking at? What do you got? I uh, caught this flick, uh, a classic horror story or classic horror. Yeah, oh, classic yeah. horror story. Yeah, yeah like an italian flick on uh i
0: think it's netflix isn't
2: it i don't remember what it was on yeah. it was, it was on it was one netflix. of them services yeah and uh it was all right some really great masks uh, sure
0: the ending you know that that uh, the
2: bad guys are wearing and whatnot i actually really like those
0: i like that yeah it going really
2: good and the uh, ending really really shit it out at the end yeah man i'd actually have to say if you want to have something on in the background, it's fine. If you want to pay attention and enjoy something, don't, don't Prob- go with it. Yeah, You're going to get man. sucked in and find out it was a piece of shit. <laughs> um, speaking of pieces of shit, Whoa. what about that troll flick?
0: You didn't like yeah, that? me
2: out. I actually okay. kind of liked it. All Initially, right. I was kind of going for it. I was like, all right, man, you know, like, this is kind of like like Japanese are known for, like, ghosts and yeah, yeah. French extreme horror and stuff. Sure. and hey, maybe this is, you know, Norwegian, you know, they're they're known they're for troll niche. flicks from sure. here on out or something like that. Okay. So I was down with it, man. I was going for it. Yeah. CGI didn't bother me too much, you know, it is what it is. Right. But that fucking end again. What well, you didn't um, like about the end? Yeah, I, I probably shouldn't say anything about it it's, uh, yeah. because it is new. Okay. But it is very trophy. Um I could see especially that, especially in these like large monster movies. Yeah. And I'll just say this because I'm sure everybody's going to see it come in. Uh, you know, hey, the mission is destroy the fucking monster. Right. We sure got to destroy this everybody. motherfucker. Everybody. He's you know running Rickshaw in our fucking town. Right. And then when they're destroying him, they're like, "No, I don't think that's a good idea. I think I think he's I think he's okay. He's misunderstood. That's what it is. Man, I don't give a fuck if he's misunderstood. If he's like." domping through my town, yeah. smashing the fucking bridge and right. shit. Fuck that guy. I don't know. I, I probably gave away too much, but I'm kind of pissed at that flick. You know, I was I was going for it. I was enjoying it. The the heavy it wasn't too heavy handed on its um, social commentary, you know no. what I mean? It was a part of it, but it wasn't
0: yeah.
2: it wasn't so blatant to where it just dropped you out, I guess. Um,
0: G P'd. Uh, He called back, of course, but before we get to that, uh, Tom Hardy, you just made my entire argument for not liking the last uh, two, well, there's more to it, but the last two George Romero zombie movies, Diary of the Dead and uh, Survival of the Dead. Diary of the Dead being by and far the most offensively bad movie I've... I'm furious at that movie. Don't get me started. But at, at the point where we decided, and it was probably actually somewhere about halfway through Land of the Dead, that zombies are just misunderstood and we need to learn to coexist with them. Uh, excuse me? Uh, excuse me? Yeah, they would like to eat us. You understand that? They can't be talked to or reasoned with. Uh, they're not. The, the thing, like, the. The ones that like the leader of the zombies in Land of the Dead, who's trying to work at a gas station, and the only time he attacks anybody is when his girlfriend gets killed, the zombie girlfriend gets killed. Come on now, come on now. These are fucking zombies, all right. What what do we do? We can't just. Ugh, all right, you, you understand what I'm saying though. You know what I mean. And uh, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy's got me because that's kind of the crux uh, of a lot of kaiju movies and troll. To also, oh, you know, he's just uh, he's just trying to get back to his family. Okay, well, he's going to flatten Oslo, Norway, in the process and kill hundreds of thousands of people to get back to his family. So, who's the real bad guy here? Sure, his family's dead. I'm sorry, and forgive me if I'm spoiling this for you. If you didn't catch the immersion therapy, uh, there's nothing we can do about that. Apparently, there was a, a, a Christian. A uh, king that had to slay all the trolls to uh, f- force Christian Christendom or something like that. And uh, now this guy's back up and he's pissed. And he's just trying to get back to his his king his palace or whatever it was where all the bones are. And, uh, yeah, now we're supposed to feel for him? Sure. Sure, I feel for him. But he's also got to die before he kills hundreds of thousands of people, whether it be by accident or on purpose. All right, back to Tom Hardy. Really, really, it's the same thing with the uh, Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead. Uh, probably more so with Survival of the Dead because there we we thought we could teach the zombies how to eat animals instead of people. <laughs> mm-hmm. So really, all we have to do is open up a chain of zombie restaurants, and we can we can all get along, right? All right, here comes Tom Hardy again. G motherfucking P. Oh uh, hell yeah! Hell
2: yeah. All right, sorry about that. No, you're Uh, fine. I was droning on a bit there about shit that I didn't like. But let me tell you about uh, Mm. the one that I caught that I did like. Okay. Uh, That new um, Wednesday series. Oh, you like uh, it, Wednesday Adams? Yeah. Hey, man, it's not bad. Okay. Uh, One of the positives I could definitely say about it is you can watch it with the kids. Okay. You know what I mean? It's not not over-the-top jump scares and stuff like that. You can watch it with the kids. All right. There's enough uh, kid stuff for them to enjoy and enough adult shit for, um, for I guess, you know adults to enjoy. Sure. Anyway, uh, that's all I got. Oh, you had mentioned you're bringing something back. I am. I was wondering, are you bringing back the meat hook? <laughs> Is that what we're looking at, bringing back the meat hook? Maybe. Anyway, Darren, hope you got somebody there to talk to. Not tonight. Uh, either way, appreciate the solo shows and, of course, appreciate the others. Hope everyone is well. Love I'm you, my by family. You. Bye
0: now. Love you too, Tom Hardy. Thanks for calling in, baby. Uh, yeah, nope. Just me again. Uh, may, uh, maybe somebody next week. Maybe not. I don't fucking know, man. I know Everybody knows where I am and when I do the show. And they are, everybody knows they're more than welcome to join me. And yet, here I sit, broken hearted. <laughs> and try <tried> to ship. <laughs> never mind. Ah, uh, never mind. Um... Yeah, man. Uh, I'll, I'm gonna get to Wednesday one of these days. I don't. I don't. I doubt it'll be on a Wednesday, ironically enough. But uh, bringing back an old uh, segment tonight, I'm going to tease that a little bit. Tom Hardy may or may not be onto something, but we will get to that later in the show. Thank you very much, Tom Hardy, Coop Nukem, Alan, Cat, uh, uh, Cowboy. I hope you two enjoy uh, sharing naked pics of each other. Well done and uh let's get let's get into a movie shall we speaking of naked ladies let's get into this movie shall we oh
3: you've got
4: to be kidding
3: me yeah this is 476
4: barbary right yeah i'm renting
3: this place no i booked it a month ago are you sure you have the
0: right place
4: yeah what am i supposed to do
0: why don't you come inside and we'll call these idiots. Why don't you just crash here?
4: Oh, no.
2: I don't know if you got a great look at this neighborhood, but I don't think you should be
0: out there by yourself. It's dry and there's a lock on the door. By the way, I'm Keith. Tess. You take the bedroom and I'll sleep out here on the couch.
1: He's...
3: experience this is perfectly natural
0: you got it ninjas it's barbarian from 2022 written directed by zach kreger uh got 7.1 stars on imdb that's 3.1 stars better than president evil Stars Georgina Campbell, Bill Skarsgård, and Justin Long. It's got a solid R rating. I got a kill count of five on this bad guy. Oh, Daddy! Have you guys seen this one? It's pre- it's still pretty new. It's streaming on HBO Max. Um, I know some of you dudes have seen it. who saw it. Went and saw it in the theater. That is something I missed out on. I feel like this would have been a hell of a movie to watch in the in the theater. Now, I also feel like this one could have easily been a trilogy because we we're kind of getting three movies in one here and uh they're all they all tie together I mean it's it's one timeline but it's very jumbled and it's pretty cool the way it's set up it's kind of Tarantino-esque <coughs> excuse me but in a in a not so convoluted way I, I don't know if that makes sense or not uh anyway let's jump right in so we start on a dark and stormy night, and uh, we have a young lady pulling up to a house, what appears to be a, a, a small but very well-kept house, and it's uh, a very dark neighborhood that she's in, but um, she gets the address, she runs up there, uh, it's, and this is where we discover that this is an Airbnb that she rented, because she double-checks the address on her phone, uh, puts the uh the code into the lockbox. Have you guys ever stayed in an Airbnb type of a thing? It's very strange, but it's kind of cool in a way. Uh, it's you basically rent somebody's house for a while. Now, um, the only reason I would do that is if I were having a large number of people over and I couldn't pack all all my fucking friends into a hotel room, which I can't. Uh, so like me and my wife do it every year for her birthday. We go up to this cabin up at, uh, Donner Pass and, uh, have all of our friends up there get ridiculously drunk and, uh, try to have sex with each other. <laughs> we have not, uh, had a hundred percent success as yet, but we are going to continue to try. <laughs> um, but it's kind of weird cause you know that you're in somebody else's house. And whether or not they actually live there or it's just some kind of a property that they own, it's still, you know, you're using their dishes and their silverware and stuff like that. And you have to, at this point, you just have to accept uh, that you're being uh, videotaped from various angles. What I like to do is go in there with like a fast-moving hour of comedy and dance. You never know. Uh, Whoever's watching might be like a talent agent or something like that. You might get a a call back, you know, hey, we liked what you did in the bathroom two weeks ago. You want to come audition for this? <laughs> that's stupid. <laughs> oh, that's stupid. Anyway, um, so she gets there. The, the key is missing from the lockbox is what happens. So she's like, ah, shit. So she goes back to her car. It's pouring rain out. Uh, tries to get a hold of somebody from Airbnb. It's the middle of the night. There's nobody to pick up the phone. Uh, she's like, shit. And then she looks up and she sees... Uh, the living room light come on in the house. So she's like, oh, fuck, there's somebody in there. She runs up there and rings the doorbell. And who should open the door? None other than Pennywise the Clown, Bill Skarsgård. He's like, hey, uh, what what, what are you doing? And she's like, "Uh, what are you doing? I rented this place. Why are you here? And he's like, no, I rented this place. Why are you here? And then we find out that they both went through separate. She went through Airbnb. He went through... uh, Oh, uh, home away or some other website i don't know but they basically double booked this place and now uh they're kind of fucked these two so she he convinces her to come inside now the next i don't know 35 minutes are kind of intense but in a weird way so you have these two they're trying to sort this whole thing out scars uh plays a guy named keith and he seems a little awkward. I'm going to say he's a little awkward. Uh, he invites her in. He's like, come on in. Um, you know, you can, you can make some phone calls, maybe try to find a room. I'm really sorry about this. I don't know what happened. She's like, yeah, okay. Uh, goes inside, kind of dries off for a second. Uh, she takes a picture of his driver's license. Uh, and he, she asks him to pull up the reservation. His reservation, just so that she knows that this actually happened. And I get it. If I were a young lady in this situation, I probably would not go inside. Um, You know, if there was an... I don't know, man. You you can't be too careful these days. And uh, bearing in mind we are watching a horror film, you have to expect that somebody is going to run afoul of something here. Now, off the top of my head, the first time I watched this, I, I thought to myself, well... And Skarsgård is obviously going to end, or Keith, I should call him Keith, is clearly going to end up as some kind of a sex perv. And this was some kind of a, you know, a spider web that he laid for her to walk into so that he could tie her up and uh, probably have anal sex with her. <laughs> or some kind of a mouth rape situation. I don't know what he's into. Um, but the, the duration of this scene, and this, again, this eats up a good twenty minutes, 20 to 40 minutes of the movie. Is very sweet, you know. Uh, he he invites her in. She comes in, dries off. He pulls up his reservation. Uh, he's like, "Okay, here it is." And she's like, "Oh yeah, you did actually uh, reserve this. Very cool." She's very uneasy around him. Uh, he makes her a cup of tea. She chooses not to drink any of it, and rightfully so. Uh, she's like, "Okay, well, I'll just I'll just get a room somewhere else." So she gets on. Uh, he gives her the Wi-Fi info and she just starts, you know, scrolling through nearby hotels. They're all booked and he's like, ah, that's right. There's a big convention in town so they're all going to be booked up. Um, at that point, he's like, well, you know, uh, this this is really awkward. I'm sorry about this. And she's like, no, it's not your fault. Why don't you just crash here? And she's like, ah. Uh, and he's like, I know, totally weird. But I don't know that you're going to have a lot of options so – We'll, we'll sort this out in the morning. We'll both get our money back and get a free night here at this place. Uh, here, you take the master bedroom. I'll sleep on the couch. Uh, you can lock the door in there so nobody can get in. And she's like, uh, well, I have this weird thing about clean sheets. And he's like, oh, that's cool. No, I get that. Uh, there's a washer and dryer right here in the back. Why don't we throw those in the, in the uh, washer and dryer there? And then you'll have your clean sheets. You can crash here. I'll crash here on the couch. And then we'll get up in the morning and we'll sort this whole shit out, get our money back and get a a free night here. So begrudgingly, uh, she decides to do so. She agrees. And uh, from there we get like this neat little uh, almost Hallmark-esque kind of um, getting to know you over a bottle of wine kind of montage and She's explaining that she's there for a job interview and she wants to be a research assistant to this documentarian chick. And he, I guess, is some kind of a big deal in the local music scene. And he's like, "Yeah, well, I can help you out with your your uh, documentary. I'm the I'm kind of the music guy." And she's like, "Oh my god, that's you!" It's like, "Yeah, I'm trying to, you know, I'm scouting local properties or whatever. I don't know." Um, but they're kind of, you know. Uh, I wouldn't say they're falling in love, but they're definitely attracted to each other. And there is a possibility of them falling in love. And if you can forget for a few minutes that you're watching a horror movie, you're kind of rooting for these two. You know what I mean? She's an attractive young lady. He's a handsome devil. You know Skarsgård. He's he's not an ugly guy. Um, Yeah, why not? Why not have these two fall in love over this bizarro airbnb situation so um uh they kind of they kind of hunker down for the night uh she goes in there and locks the uh the bedroom door and goes to sleep he crashes on the couch now about halfway through the middle of the night there her bedroom door mysteriously pops open okay she's got a couple glasses of wine in her but i wouldn't say she's hammered uh once it pops she hears it creak open and she's like what She remembers locking it, and then she realizes that Keith, who is asleep out on the couch, is having some kind of a night terror situation. He's, like, freaking out. So she's like, what the fuck? Goes out there and wakes Keith up, and he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, I don't know. What are you doing? Did you open my door? And he's like, no, I'm asleep. And she's like, I know. You're having a nightmare. And he's like, why are you waking me up? (laughs) Uh, I... I don't know. I was kind of hoping that, like, if I'm in Keith's situation and she wakes me up in the middle of the night, I'm hoping it's to have sex. That's that's how I roll. Uh, if I'm in her situation and all of a sudden the door uh, pops open that I know I locked, I have to assume that he's coming. somebody's coming in here to rape me. I hope it's not Keith because I was, she was kind of into him. So uh, very weird. Uh, she wakes up the next morning. She's running late. She goes outside, and this is where we come to the realization that this cute little house is actually right in the middle of one of those uh, dilapidated neighborhoods in Detroit. And that is a ripe horror setting right there. And it's such a strange juxtaposition because you have abandoned homes on either side of this house and across the street and some kind of an abandoned... um, Factory or silo situation, just uh, off and down down the road there, um, and it's just it just looks like a demilitarized zone, like a post apocalyptic um, wasteland, with the exception of this one cute little very well upkept house um, right in the middle, and that's where they stayed, and that's so weird. But we'll get more into the into that and how that works here in a minute. Uh, from there. She goes on her job interview, nails it. Uh, she tells the interviewer where she's staying. She's staying in a neighborhood called Brightmoor. And the lady who's interviewing her is like, what are you doing there? And she's like, oh, I got this cute little Airbnb house. It was some kind of a mix up, but I ended up there and it's okay. And she's like, you can't stay there, lady. You need to get out of there like right now. And she's like, oh, it, no, it's, it's, it's neighborhood's a little rugged, but you know, I'll be okay. She's like, uh, well, good luck. So that kind of sends up like a red flag right there, right? Uh, she gets back to the house uh, before uh, Keith does. And she's like, you know, we have like a cute little moment where she's looking at the picture of Keith that she took of his driver's license. And kind of loftily dreaming of him for a minute. You got to root for these two, right? And I, I, I don't forget that we're watching a horror movie. But more to the point... I'm At this point, I'm just rooting for Keith not to be a scumbag. That's, that's where I'm at in the movie. I don't know what's going to happen here. Maybe she laid the trap and she's looking to cut him up. Or, um, I don't know, maybe there's some kind of fucking zombie situation in the neighborhood. I just don't want Keith to be a scumbag at this point. Uh, so she gets back to the house. Anyway, <laughs> enough about that. She gets back to the house before Keith does. Uh, she's taking a big fat dump because she's got a few minutes of privacy and that's where she realizes that uh, that bathroom is out of toilet paper. Well done. She's like, ah oh shit, got to find some, some some TP. So she starts looking around the house and comes up upon the basement. So she's like, okay. She sees a whole pack of toilet paper down there. So she's like, I'm going to go down there and get some toilet paper. Starts going down the stairs to the basement and uh, the door Closes behind her to the basement, conjuring style, locking her in. So she's like, oh, shit. Uh, Tries to get out of the basement. She can't. The door locks itself, I guess. Um, And then she's like, oh, I got the my phone's up there in the shitter. And I got the house key right here. Keith can't get in. Ah, shit. This is another fine mess I've gotten myself into over toilet paper. Uh, So now she's just chilling. She's got nowhere to go and nothing to do but to be in this basement until Keith rolls up. Now, there's a couple of exterior windows, and they're those high up windows. You know, they're about uh, I don't know, 24 feet long or 24 inches long, 12 feet, 12 inches high. Uh, then you got to like stand up on a on a bucket to look through them. They're about foot level if you're walking by out on the street. So she's like, okay, well. When I see Keith roll up, I'll bang on this window, and then he'll see me, and then maybe we can find figure out a way to get the key to him, and then he can come let me out of here. So I'm not, like, stranded or anything. I just got to make it until he gets here, and then I'll be good to go. So she's hanging. She's looking around, trying to think of other ways to get the fuck out of there, less embarrassing ways, I would assume. And she comes across a weird hole in the wall with a rope coming out of it. Uh, and the hole is only about big enough for the rope to come through. It's about the size of a silver dollar. So she's like, well, that's weird. Where does this hole go to, and what's this rope all about? So she pulls on the rope, and op- right next to it pops open a hidden door. Ooh- <laughs> what is this hidden door all about? Why is it hidden? What's up with this rope situation? So many questions. Uh, the door pops open, and it's just darkness, down down this whatever's back there. She can't see it. She doesn't have a flashlight or a phone. So she does the logical thing and says, no, thank you. But again, she's got nowhere to go and nothing to do. So eventually her curiosity gets the best of her. And she sets up this ingenious ro- uh, mirror um, reflection system. So like, she, she has the light coming in from the, uh, the, the, mir- the windows. She reflects it using a mirror that she found. And she shines it down the dark, hallway past the hidden door, and she can see down at the end there's another door with a doorknob, so she's like ah, ha, 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 ha. do I really want to know what's down there and what's behind door number two? I suspect not as a horror fan uh, I my curiosity would probably get the better of me, but at the same time. I don't want to be implicated in anything, and if there's a dead guy down there, I don't want my fingerprints on him. I don't want my fingerprints on the door. Now I know I can explain all this to the police, you know, at a later time, uh, but I don't want to. I don't, I don't want to have to explain anything to the police at a later time. I would just like to be let out of there so that I can uh, just be on with my life. And I'll tell somebody about the mysterious door. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, send an email. Uh, To the uh, Airbnb company. You fucked up my reservation. And by the way, there's a possible dungeon in the house that you rented me. So fuck that too, by the way. Uh, Her curiosity also gets the better of her. So she goes traipsing down the dark hallway. Pops open door number two. Hits the light switch. And we find exactly what we were expecting to find. It's a rape dungeon. It's a uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ng-esque rape dungeon. One bed, uh, more of a military style cot, uh, more of a prison cell than anything else. No sink, no toilet. There's a bucket in there and a uh, very old uh, like camcorder that's set up on a tripod to video whatever disgustingness was happening in this this dilapidated area. She's like, "Yep, fuck this, I'm out." And then about that time, she hears Keith's car roll up, so she's like, "Ha ha, I'm out of here." Runs up, starts banging on the window. Keith, 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 let me out of here. He's like, what are you doing down there? She's like, I locked myself in, man. Uh, Help me get this window open. I'll give you the key and you can come get me out of here. And he's like, okay. So they get the window open. She gives him the key. He gets in there, uh, lets her out. She's like, we have to leave right now. There is a goddamn rape dungeon down there. And uh, whatever it is, whoever's house this is, I don't want any part of any of this. Let's get our shit and get out of here. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. See, now at this part in the movie... You're thinking to yourself, Keith, you probably knew about the fucking rape dungeon and you were going to, you somehow engineered this whole situation and you were going to put her in there and mouth rape her or whatever you had in mind. That's what I was thinking anyway. And Keith, Keith is like, no, 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 don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. Let me just go down there and check it out and then we will leave together. Okay. I just want to see what all the fuss is about. So she begrudgingly, she's like, "I'm not going back down there." He's like, "Okay, give me 30 seconds. Just give me 30 seconds, and I will go down there." Uh, so he disappears down the stairs to the basement. Uh, 30 seconds, come and go, nothing. She's still up there. Uh, another 30 seconds, come and go, still nothing. Finally, she's starting to get nervous. She's like, "Keith, come on, get out of here. Let's go. We gotta go." He's like, "Nothing. No, no reply." So. Eventually, she gets a little brave, goes down to the basement. The door starts to close behind her again. This time, she's smart. She props it open with a chair. Grabs her cell phone flashlight, and she's like, okay. Keith, come on. We got to go. Still nothing. So she starts walking down the, the dark hallway again, and she realizes that there was a third door at the end of the hallway, and that one opens up to a staircase going down. We're already in the fucking basement. Now we're going down like sewer ninja turtle style, okay? She's calling for him, Keith, Keith, Keith. No answer. She's like, ah. And what I really liked about this movie is the juxtaposition of these two who were on the verge of a romantic encounter. um, Neither one of them wanting to walk away from the other. But then we have the backdrop of whatever we just discovered here. Whatever it is, it's not good, obviously. Uh, she doesn't want to let go of Keith. Keith has vanished for the moment, so she continues down the stairwell into the darkness with her cell phone. Keith, 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 Keith! Nothing, nothing at all. Eventually, he pops up and he's like crawling. He's like, oh, shh, sh- sh- don't say anything, don't say anything. We got to go, we got to get out. She's like, yeah, I know. He keeps saying that they need to go deeper into these catacombs. She's trying to, like, no, we got to go this way, this way's out. He's like, no, we got to go this way. And then, my friends, we see what is down there. Now, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news. What do you want to hear first? All right, I'll give you the good news. The good news is Keith is not a scumbag. He was, was probably a pretty decent dude. Bad news, we just found out what's down there. And it is only what I can describe as a... Uh, uh naked female ogre. <laughs> I think that is the best way to describe what comes out of the darkness and smashes Keith's head into the wall repeatedly. Uh, it's a naked female ogre. Caucasian, uh, all jacked off. Look, looks uh, vaguely reminiscent of Sloth from uh, Goonies, but with big hooters and, uh, whew, I don't know, probably like eight feet tall. Uh, look like she'd pick you up and throw you through a brick wall. Probably would, probably could. And uh, okay, that's where we're gonna we're gonna from there. We're gonna cut that story short and jump into our next story. Don't worry, this is all gonna make sense in the end. From there, we're gonna jump right down to beautiful Southern California, where we're gonna meet Justin Long's character, a guy by the name of AJ. He is just having a daisy of a time. He's in a convertible uh, cruising down the PCH, uh, Pacific Ocean, uh, you know, singing a, a show tune. He's just loving life right now. And apparently, as we're about to discover, he's in show business and he just got signed to a pilot. And he's very excited about that. And the network wants to move forward with it. But then his phone rings. His cell phone goes off. It is, I believe... His agents, and they've got some bad news for him. Apparently, his uh, co-star in this pilot is accusing him of sexual misconduct. So, needless to say, uh, he's pretty much done. <laughs> he just got me-tooed. Um, the network is, uh, well, it's, I mean, it's not canceling the uh, the pilot, the pilot. But they're definitely firing him, and they're launching an investigation. And on top of that, there's going to be a news story in the the Hollywood Reporter the following day detailing uh, the events of this. And uh, there may also be some. Basically, he's done, man. It's all over. Whatever show business career he had is kaput. You can't fuck around with that stuff, AJ. Um, could be. We don't know. We don't know AJ at this point. This could all be. You know, a vindictive co-star, or he could be a rapist. We'll get more into that as the story goes on. Um, now, what does this have to do with what the fuck is going on in D- Detroit? Very good question. And the like the the polar opposites that we are jumping to here is crazy because we just ca- came out of a subterranean uh, possible sex dungeon underneath a demilitarized zone in Detroit to beautiful Southern California along the PCH and the, the show business, uh, 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 you know, working actor. So we just, the you know, jumping from these two polar opposite scenarios and backdrops is really, you know, you completely forget about Keith and Tess and what they were going through. Now you're more concerned about age. Well, you're not really because Justin Long plays this kind of dicky uh, kind of a, kind of a douchebag, kind of a deal. Uh, so anyway, he's done. His career's over. He goes to his financial uh, wealth management guy, and he realizes that with his present house there in Southern California, uh, he's got about three months before he's flat broke. That's the bad news. The good news is apparently that he owns several properties in Michigan, i.e. Detroit, uh, that he could sell, he could liquidate those, and... Uh, You know, maybe buy himself some time or help take care of his lawyer expenses. Um, So there's that. So while all that's going on, apparently he jumps right in. He gets dropped by his financial guy also. Uh, He gets on a plane and goes to Detroit where he's going to stay at one of the houses he owns, which happens to be the Airbnb uh, fuck story that we just left. Now, I don't want to tell you that, I mean, I think it pretty much goes without saying that something nefarious happened between AJ and his co-star. Number one, Justin Long is playing this role with just like a, uh, enough of a tinge of douchiness to where it's very well believable. Uh, And that's before we we get into the pseudo-confession kind of a thing that we're going to get here in a second. But on top of that, um, I don't know, it just doesn't seem that far-fetched that there was actually Maybe not a rape situation, maybe more like a uh, Hey, if you don't suck my dick, uh, I'm gonna get you kicked off the fucking show Or something like that, I don't know And he doesn't really get into it, but we'll get more into that in a second So, he gets there, we find out that he is the owner of the Airbnb house And he's like, hey, what the hell uh, He gets in there, the key's missing All of uh, Tess and uh, key stuff is still there so we, don't, we can't really say for sure exactly how much time has passed between when Tess uh, saw Keith get killed down in the catacombs to when Justin Long walks in the door. I have to assume it's at least a day or two because, I don't know, I just have to assume that. I mean, I wouldn't think it would be like that afternoon or anything, but uh, I like probably a, at least a day, at least 24 hours, I would say, that she spends down there. She can't even tell. Dude, they're like underground. There's no fucking windows. There's no – it's all fucked up. Um, so uh, Justin there, he's like, hey, he calls the Airbnb place. He's like, hey, somebody shit is in here. Do I have squatters? And they're like, uh, no, we haven't had a rental there for a couple of weeks. But obviously at this point in the movie, we know that Airbnb and Fly Away or whatever the other app was are complete assholes and don't know anything about anything. So he pitches a big bitch to them. Uh, and then just starts making phone calls trying to put his career back in order. He talks to his mom. And then apparently he's from Detroit, apparently, because he's got a bunch of friends in the area. So he goes out to a local bar with his buddies, who one of them just straight up asks him, Hey, what what the fuck? I read the story. What Tell me what happened. And he basically confesses – well, he didn't confess, but what he says is that um, – uh, that he did have sex with his co-star uh, she said no at first but you know he's tenacious so eventually he talked her into it but it was all consensual now i don't know but he strikes me as a as a a bit of a fuckboy and i think there are some substantial parts that he left out of that story that probably involves him threatening her career or possibly roofing her or other sexual misconduct. We're not going to get too deep into that story because that's about where that ends. Uh, he goes home, throws up in the uh, the sink, and then wakes up the next morning with a hangover. And he's like, oh, fucking shit. So he starts poking around. Uh, he starts just like rummaging through George and Tessa's stuff, throwing shit around. Uh, being the asshole that we kind of know. Um, he starts hearing... Uh, like noises coming from the basement so he's like shit i got squatters so mind you the the house is exactly as george and tess left it base room is propped open with a chair uh the the weird mirror light situation is still set up he grabs a kitchen knife and runs down there he's like hey i got a gun you fucker you come up here you get out of my house or i'm gonna come down there and just unload on you you bastard uh obviously he's he's a bit of a douche nozzle he goes down there and then he discovers what they discovered, which is um, the weird rape chamber, the hidden door, all that. But instead of doing like anything, you know, calling the cops or being like, hey, "Does anybody need help?" He starts like googling whether or not this is considered square footage, so when he sells this place, he can make more money. So then he gets down there with a fucking tape measure <laughs> and starts measuring the rape chamber, paying no mind to the disgusting uh, mattress. The bloody handprint or the 1982 camcorder that's set up. He's like, oh, I got an extra 42 square feet here. Yeah. And then he goes down the stairs with his tape measure and he's measuring the stairs. He's like, oh, yeah, this is going to make me so much money. We get a little bit farther with AJ than we did with Tess. AJ comes upon a room uh, that is lit up down there in the darkness. And there's like a weird kind of ambient light about it. And there's sound coming out of it. So he's like, oh. He peeked, peeks his head around the corner. And what he discovers is um, I would call some kind of a cell. There is an old school 13-inch um, tube TV with a VCR built in. And playing on repeat appears to be some kind of a lactation um how-to video of, like, how to breastfeed your baby successfully. And there's just trash strewn all over the the floor of the place. He's like, oh, that's weird. Let me measure this. And then somebody, like, snags the end of the tape measure. And then here comes our ogre charging at AJ. So he's like, fuck, goes running, falls into this weird pit where we find Tess. Tess is still alive, and she's also apparently has fallen into this weird... uh, trap door pit scenario she's like hey shut up shut up motherfucker she's up there and then here comes we this is where we get a better look at our female ogre she comes with a baby bottle and tries to feed aj and aj's like no get that fucking thing out of my face tess explains to aj that if you want to live if you don't want to get your head caved in the way keith did you basically have to pretend to be this ogre's baby Because otherwise, she's just going to pull you apart limb by limb. AJ's like, no, it's fucking gross, 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 gross. Oh, yuck, get out out of here. Uh, Eventually, (laughs) AJ drinks some of the milk out of the bottle, which we have to assume is uh, our ogre's breast milk. But then he's like, (coughs) he coughs it up and throws up, which kind of freaks the ogre out and gives them a chance to get away. Uh, AJ goes running down one corridor. Tess goes running down another. Um, now, right about this time, we're going to cut to a completely different story. All right, uh, we're going to stay in the same house, but we're going to jump back in time to the early '80s. <laughs> all right, hang out with me. I know it. I know I'm all over the place, but so is this fucking movie. Okay. Now we're going to. Ju- we're going back to like 1982. And all the so we're at the same house, and this house is immaculate. It's got a perfectly manicured uh, lawn. The neighborhood is nice. Uh, all the lawns are are uh, looking good, and the houses are well kept up. And um, we're going to meet the original owner of this house, a guy named Bill, played by Richard Brake. Now I don't know how many times Richard Brake has shown up in a horror movie. But I can tell you, whenever he does, he's probably the bad guy. He's probably one of the villains. And we're not going to be disappointed this time, because he is just that. Now, I'm going to cut this kind of kind of short, because I'm already getting long on Barbarian. But what we're going to discover here is that back in the heyday of this neighborhood, when the I guess the Detroit motor industry was booming and it was a thriving community, Richard Brake was a bit of a serial rapist slash abductor. And he's the one that built the fucking tunnel system under the house, and he has been, uh, again, very Leonard Lake, Charles Ing kind kind of way, abducting young ladies, imprisoning them in in this weird prison cell corridor catacomb situation, and basically just raping them until he was done with them, and then probably killing them and disposing of their bodies, much like uh, Leonard Lake and Charles Ing. Unfortunately. Unlike Leonard Lake and Charles Ing, uh, Richard Br- Bill was having kids with all these young ladies, and then having kids with the kids. And we we'll, we'll, it's you can do the math. Uh, all this inbreeding has uh, basically produced this ogre, this female ogre that is now underneath uh, underground Detroit. And this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like kind of blaze through this, but. This is all kind of summarized by this uh, Richard Brake going to a supermarket and spotting a uh, attractive young lady. He's there buying baby products, by the way. So we know he's already got a couple of kids down there. Um, following her home, putting on his uh, power company coveralls. Apparently he works for the power company. Knocking on the door, going into the house under the guise of some kind of a gas leak inspector uh, leaving one of the upstairs windows unlocked so he can get in later, and then excusing himself, and then coming back later and abducting the, the uh, lady and taking her back to the dungeon for sexual brutalization, I would only assume, and videotape thereof. So that's that's how we came to be. Now we're going to cut back to uh, the present-day situation. Uh, AJ is still in the catacombs. Uh, luckily, Tess got out. She got all the way out of the house. Good for her. She's running around this downtown De- or this Detroit neighborhood trying to find some help. Uh, she makes it to a gas station where she calls the police. The police come and basically tell her to quit wasting their time. Uh, apparently, I don't know did- De- Detroit. Good luck getting a cop. Apparently is how I don't know. I've never been. I've I've been there. But it was a long time ago and it was like the very nice – a very nice suburb of Detroit is where I was. My uh, aunt and uncle used to live there. Anyway, uh, she calls the cops. Eventually, the cops do show up like a couple hours later, take her back to the house. And she's like, hey, there's a guy in there. We got to get him out. There's some kind of a crazy lady. She's keeping him captive. And they're like, okay, look, lady, uh, go sleep it off somewhere. Huh? And then while they're having this conversation, they get a call of shots fired somewhere else. So they're like – We ought to take you downtown for wasting our time. And they just leave her there and go off to this next call. So she's like, ah, shit. So now she's thinking, okay, I'm going to have to go down there and get AJ out myself. How am I going to do this? Unfortunately, now it's getting dark. So she's like, ah, shit. How am I going to do this? As soon as the sun goes down, apparently the ogre comes out of the house and will run around the neighborhood. So... Uh, Tess is there waiting for her. The ogre comes out. She drives her car and slams it, excuse me, slams it into the ogre and kind of pins her against the wall. And you would think that we killed her, right? Uh, so now Tess grabs her, her cell phone and goes running down into the corridors trying to find AJ. While that was going on, AJ was doing some exploring of his own and came across a weird bedroom situation down there where we happen upon a now probably... At least 75-year-old Richard Brake, Bill, who is clinging to life and uh, just lays in bed all day, I guess, and uh, gets hammered all day in this weird underground uh, bunker sex dungeon thing. Now, he's got to be in his 90s. Clearly, he's not raping anybody anymore. And I think the ogre was, like, tending to him, keeping him alive. But he's got this wall of videotapes. And AJ's like, "What? How do, he can't talk." AJ's like, "What can I get for you? You need some water? What do you need? You got a phone down here?" And Richard, Br- Bill keeps motioning to this table. He's like, "Bring that table over here." So AJ pulls the table over there, and he's like, "Oh, you got all these? T- he's got a, a TV and VCR combo in there, and a t- all these tapes on the wall—these VHS tapes, all labeled with different girls' names." Now I can do the fucking math. I don't. I eh. uh, AJ gets curious. And pops one of the tapes into the VCR. And it confirms what we already knew. Because as soon as AJ finishes, he's like, what the hell's wrong with you, man? What are you, you, All these girls, all these ladies down here? What the fuck, man? What the fuck? And that's when uh, Bill pulls a gun out of the nightstand. And you're thinking, oh, shit, he's going to kill AJ. But instead, he puts the gun to his own head and kills himself. I'm okay with that. Clearly, he was a piece of shit. And fuck him. He should have done that before all of the rape and murder and impregnate, impregnation or whatever. The production of one female ogre, if you will. Uh, that's disgusting. He's dead, but AJ's still lost under there. But now he takes the gun off the dead body. Now he's got a gun. Excellente. That's kind of a step in the right direction. Uh, so I think we can do the math on what's about to happen here, right? We have Tess. Coming down the stairs trying to find AJ. We have AJ now running around in the dark with a uh, with a gun. Tess finds AJ. AJ shoots her once right in the gut. Because he's kind of on edge. And he's expecting the ogre. And she doesn't really say anything. She just kind of stands there and then AJ plugs her. Uh, hits her in the stomach. Bad news. Good news doesn't kill her. So AJ is trying to do the right thing. He kind of grabs Tess. She's still alive. Carries her up and out of the house. And he's like, we got to get out of here, dude. But once they leave, they realize that the ogre is no longer pinned against the house by the car. The ogre is loose. So they go running down the street. They make it to that weird abandoned factory situation where a homeless guy jumps out. and He's like, get in here. Get in here. So they go in there, and the the homeless guy has got like a uh, little bonfire going on. He's like, oh, you all did it this time. Uh, he's been watching the ogre and people going into and not leaving that house for some time. Uh, he's kind of he's been living in that abandoned factory for a couple fifteen years, and he knows that usually she'll come out and she'll kind of cruise around the neighborhood. But he thinks he's safe there because she's never actually got went inside the abandoned factory. So that's good. Uh, while he's telling them how safe they are. Uh, AJ's like, we got to get her to a hospital. She's going to bleed out. we got to do the right thing. And he's like, we ain't going nowhere tonight because if she catches us out there, she's going to kill all three of us. As soon as they finish that conversation, she comes charging through the wall, uh, Kool-Aid style, and kills the, the homeless guy, rips his arm off, and beats him to death with it. Uh, AJ and Tess try to make an escape. Um, so they, instead of running away, though, they run up the silo to the top. Here comes uh, our ogre chasing after him. AJ's still got the gun on him, so that's good. Um, She's about to get up to the top to where they are. AJ pulls the gun out, fumbles it around, and drops it down to, like, the landing of the silo. Uh, Tess and AJ are up there. AJ is a piece of shit. We get that. Um, But he kind of had a cathartic moment down there by the fire, and he's like... Maybe I'm a good guy that does bad things, or maybe I'm a bad guy that does good things, but I got to start doing good things. That's why I have to save this young lady. But now, unfortunately, in the face of the ogre, he's got to, we find out that he actually is a piece of shit because he's like, hey, I can make it. I can go get help. But you're going to have to slow her down. So he grabs Tess and throws her off the fucking roof of the silo. The ogre, believing Tess to be her baby in some weird fashion, does a swan dive off the, the silo after Tess, and AJ just goes, oh, shit. And then when he looks over the edge, he sees that the ogre managed to catch Tess mid-flight, spin her around and absorb the impact of uh, you know, the, the landing, and save Tess. So the ogre saved Tess. Lucky her. AJ goes running down there, grabs his gun uh, from the landing on his way down, Makes it down there. He's like, Tess, Tess, oh my god, you're alive. I'm so sorry. I didn't know what else to do. I didn't th- think I threw you. You just kind of slipped. But come on, get up. Let's get get you to a hospital. And then we realize the ogre is still alive. She gets up and uh, digs her thumbs into AJ's eye sockets and kills him. And then Tess, she's doing like a, a cradle. Beep beep, 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 oh beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Kind of a thing with Tess. And then Tess is like, ah, I'm so sorry. And then she grabs the gun and shoots the ogre in the head. And that's pretty much the end of your movie, man. Woo! That is a ride, baby. I like it. There are so many other... Like, we have three separate stories here, in a way, right? We have the unlikely meeting of Keith and Tess. And who knows what the fuck these two nefarious characters are up to. Either one of them could be nefarious. Um... Then we have the 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 I guess the crisis of AJ and whether or not it's really a crisis or him getting busted for something we can draw our own conclusions there. And then on top of that we have the climax of this subterranean ogre <laughs> and the but the, I guess the byproduct of inbreeding and uh, sort of but. I, I I don't know I don't I don't know where she came from or how she got to be an ogre. But needless to say, she's pissed off. She really wants a baby. Um, don't that's th- probably probably not a good idea. And uh, she's going to kill some dudes. She doesn't like people. She doesn't like men. Rightfully so. And uh, yeah. And uh, how we're going to deal with that? So we have three movie. Any any one of these stories could be its own movie by itself. Um, great show. All that in an hour and a half, standard runtime. if you can believe that. Very good show. I recommend you check it out. I hope I didn't ruin it for you. Um, if you want to check it out, it's streaming right now on HBO Max. I think it's getting a physical release uh, early next year. I'm probably going to have to put that on the uh, the watch list. All right, inmates, I'm going to take myself a little break. I'll be right back with some other stuff.
1: like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the Patreon link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show.
0: And I am back, inmates. And it is about that time. I reintroduce you to the resurrected segment that I've been promising you. Um, a couple of things before I do. I just uh I know I'm I'm we're going to we're going to do another terradome eventually. I felt like I needed a break from the terradome though. And the reason why is cuz I might have another writing project on my table here. I don't want to give to to make a long story short, um there's one terradome match that I've always wanted to to write, but it just never kind of lined up. They never The two competitors never faced each other. Either one of them got eliminated first or they were in the separate conferences or whatever. So I've, I've always wanted to do that because they're so similar. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I will say that it's amazing to me that nobody has drawn these parallels yet and we haven't had like a full movie involving these two. so then I started thinking about um, well obviously I'm not going to make a movie about these two the special effects alone would be ridiculous but fan fiction is a thing and fan films are a thing and I can legally do either as long as I don't make any money and rest assured God forbid I make any money doing this fucking show (laughs) so I might just Make like a whole a, a whole thing out of that. I might. What I do, Normally my creative process is I get these asinine ideas and then I run them by Jason and he says, that sounds like a terrible idea and a waste of money and time. But if you change this and this, then it might not be as big of a waste of time. And then I run it by Buddy and he doesn't let me finish the sentence before he's volunteering to do whatever I need him to do to make it happen. <clears throat> so basically I need to float this past my creative team of knuckleheads here and let them poke holes in it. And if they can't, then I might just just start writing this thing and I will release it somewhere, somehow, sometime, or not. I might not. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. But in lieu of that, in lieu of the terradome, I was thinking it's been a long time and a lot of horror movies have come out And we've forgotten about some of the ones that we might have missed or the ones that we didn't particularly care for. And with that being said, how about three on a meat hook?
1: Three on a Meat Hook.
0: So I'm going to jump right in. It's just me tonight, and I figure why waste any fucking time? Three on a Meat Hook is a segment we used to do for those of you that haven't been with me for a while, where we would announce our top three movies of whatever horror subcategory we came up with that week. Top three vampire movies, top three ghost movies, top three John Carpenter movies, top three uh, horror movies that take place on boats, whatever. So I'm going to – because it's been so long since we've done it and we've had a whole new crop of movies, uh, probably four or five years' worth since the last time we've done Three on a Meat Hook, I figured I'd jump right in and jump right to the the, the front of the line with my top three horror films of all time. So I'm not saying before – I, before I give you my, my three on a meat hook here, let me preface this by saying I'm not saying – these are the the three best horror films ever okay although certainly an argument could be made for one of them what I will say is that these are my favorite uh, three horror films for various reasons that I'll get into as we go so let's start things off with number three for Darien Hellraiser the uh, the first Hellraiser movie I've got pinhead tattooed on my back that's how into this movie and. Into the, the original franchise I was. We saw horror villains. We saw our slasher archetypes back then. We had Freddy and we had uh, Jason and Michael Myers. And But Pinhead was the first horror villain that you could talk to. You could be like, whoa, 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 there, hot stuff. I didn't know what I was doing with that box. He wouldn't give a shit. You're still going with him. But you could, you could, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, what about uh, Uncle Frank over there? He got away from you. How about I bring him back? uh, Pinhead had a personality. You could say that Freddy Krueger did too, but uh, uh, Hellraiser came out in 1987. By then we were up to, I believe, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3, and the wisecracks were flying from Freddy Krueger. I think we were already done being scared of Freddy Krueger at that point. Uh, Pinhead came out, and he brought his posse with him, and they look like they walked right out of so they look like they walked out of that gay club in uh, the police academy movies and that's frightening my friends. you have no idea what those guys are into or what they have in mind for you and then the the idea of pleasure the pleasure pain index not knowing the difference between the two and the hooks and the chains and all that shit and the unfortunately. We didn't get much of a mythology past that because, yeah, Clive Barker wrote Hellbound. And then after that, we got the, uh, the music video version in Hellraiser 3. And then we kind of got back to our roots with Hellraiser 4, although it does have its issues. And then after that, fuck all. Just, you know, we got uh, Pinhead as a crime family head. We got Dirty Cops involved. Now we just really jumped the shark with that. But the first Hellraiser, man... That is my number three. My number two, and if Jason were here, he'd punch me in the face, The Shining. i got to go with The Shining. Stanley Kubrick classic. I would make an argument that the movie is actually better than the book. The book stands on its own merits, and I'm not going to bore you with the, di- the differences. I'm sure you've heard it on a thousand other podcasts. But the fucking foreboding from the opening credits of The Shining, you're, you're taken on this weird flyby through the Rocky Mountains headed to the Overlook hotel you know nothing good is going to happen and they they, they take you up to this picturesque hotel with what appears to be at initial glances a uh, an ideal family you know mom dad little boy they' they just took this job they get to live. Pretty much in the lap of luxury over the winter season, as long as they can keep the place from burning down and, uh, you know, uh, don't kill each other. But then we find out, as the story goes on, that last part about not killing each other, that's a lot harder than it sounds. And then we bring in a supernatural element. There is something terrifying to me about somebody standing motionless and looking at me. We've seen it. Every time a ghost shows up. That happens. They just stand there in the hallway, look at you, motionless, blank faced, no expression. You know damn well you're looking at a ghost. You're looking at a dead guy. And that part when Danny comes around the corner on the big wheel and the two twins are just standing there. Oh fuck you, man. Fuck you. I know what that is. I'm turn my big big wheel around and I am history. I'll drive it right out of the parking lot, right down Sidewinder Pass into uh, Colorado Springs. Nope, not no. I'm out. I'm out the ghost element which you could say is a bit downplayed in the movie the isolation element which is leaned on a little more heavily in the movie and then just the the building dread from the from the opening credits all the way to frozen jack out in the hedge maze dude i you, you i don't think you can do any better and jason will fight me on this he'll he'll tell me how boring it is that's his opinion he's entitled to it And my number one horror film of all time, the original, the classic, Night of the Living Dead. Although there is a lot to be said for the 1999 remake by Tom Savini, I don't think you can top the original by any horror film standard. Um, This broke so many tropes and molds. This was the first time horror came to you. You understand that? up until night of the living dead there was always like a, uh, a cautionary tale hey don't go out in the woods at night you don't need, you don't want to know what's out there uh, you know don't uh, don't mess around with radiation you're just going to get mind you this was made in 1968 you mess around with radiation you're going to get a giant monster it's going to wreck your whole town but this one space probe brings back something reanimates the dead Dead bodies, and we don't know. We don't know if it was the space probe that brought back something. All we know is that zombies are up, and they never use the word zombies in this movie. That's worth mentioning. Uh, zombies are up, and now they're eating people. Now this isn't the first time we saw a zombie in a horror film. They've been used before, but usually they were just kind of slave labor. You know, they were just kind of like walking around automatons that could oftentimes be controlled and manipulated these guys not so much these guys are looking to eat you and that's all they want to do and the further george romero got away from that the more pissed off i got because i mean i get it he was using zombies to make his various political statements but when we get to the point where we're trying to coexist with the zombies and understand the zombies they are trying to eat you you motherfuckers did we forget that part of the story that's that's a thing that's a that's a problem uh, at that point, it no longer concern. Understanding them no longer concerns me. They need to go back in the ground. I'm sorry. I don't want them eating me. I don't want them eating my. I don't want them eating anybody. Really, I just want them to go back in the ground. If you know, we could train them to get back in their graves and cover themselves up with dirt. Sure, that's not going to happen. Why? Because they're driven by instinct to eat. That is the ba- most base human instinct. That's all that survives in the uh, rotting tissue that is their brains, is the need to eat. We are cattle to them, and that's why we have to kill them, unfortunately. That is my three on a meat hook, my friends. Number one, Night of the Living Dead. Number two, The Shining. Number three, Hellraiser. I would love to hear what your top three horror films are of all time. Mental Health Hotline, area code 775-387-0275. Email the padded room 2011 at hotmail.com. Fill me in. You know what I find the most interesting about, especially my top three of all time? Number one will not move. My number one favorite of all time is always Night of the Living Dead. But the other two kind of float around a little bit. I'll watch uh, like a uh, trick trick R treat, and I'll be like, oh, fuck yeah, that's probably in my my top five. Or top three, even, maybe. But then I'll think about it, and I'll be like, well, it's not. It's good, but it's not the Shining good. So maybe three, but then we got Hellraiser. And then, you know, it kind of rotates a little bit. That's why I thought it would be a good idea to bring the segment back for a little bit. All right. How about some immersion therapy, you maniacs? Or no, nope, I'm getting ahead of myself. What are you looking at, actually, is what I want to tell you. What are you looking at? I was feeling the Christmas vibe a little bit this this uh, last week, inmates. I watched Deadly Games from 1989. Um, this is a Christmas movie. Uh, note, it is from... this basically a horror version of Home Alone. Uh, kids at Home Alone. Kids Home Alone, obviously. Um, and uh, the psycho Santa Killer tries to get in and kill him and his grandpa. So he rigs up all these fun little traps and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Santa Killer kills a couple dudes on the way to the house. And eventually the kid manages to kill them. It's, you, you get the basic idea. It's actually French. And uh, it came out in 1989. Which makes me wonder exactly how much... Uh, our home alone was inspired by deadly games because that's just a, fr- a family friendly version of deadly games i feel like with without the santa killer you put the wet bandits in instead and uh you basically you have the same movie without the dead bodies it's all right it's uh like i said it's french if i remember right it's like two and a half hours though i watched that i watched silent night deadly night part two now I have a confession to make. I had never seen this movie all the way through. Holy! <laughs> Usually I would just watch clips of it for a chuckle. Wow, this is um, this is bananas. And we all know it's you know the garbage day meme. We all know that. We've all probably seen it. But uh, <clears throat> if you can actually, really, the only part you need to watch. Is the kill frenzy scene where he's after he kills his girlfriend and just goes walking down the street chuckling and uh, <laughs> garbage day? Bam, bam, bam! It's very silly. Um, I would say it's so good it's bad, and it has other than the amount of footage from the original Silent Night Deadly Night, it has very little to do with the original film. But they packed like the entire movie uh, worth of footage into the, the sequel. It makes sense when you watch it, but it's still bananas. Uh, I watched that. I watched Christmas Bloody Christmas from 2022. Um, okay, it, this, this one's brand new. It just hit Shudder. It's from Joe Bagos, who we all know and love. Uh, he did VFW, which is a great movie. He did Almost Human. The uh, thing at this point, though, is that Joe Bagos is kind of over-Bagosing... Ah, shut the fuck up, dogs. They'll get it out of their system. He's kind of over-Bagosing a little bit, (laughs) if that makes sense. So, at this point, um, you've seen VFW. There's a very distinct color palette to that movie. And in that movie, it kind of makes sense. We've got another very distinct color palette to this movie. And in this one, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Because, you know... You can't live in an apartment that is all neon all the time. You're going to develop a cataract or something. I don't know. It's it gets kind of hard to watch. It's basically the story of an animatronic Santa that goes haywire and starts killing people. That's fine. It's fun. I love it. Gore is ridiculous. That um, when it gets into like uh, Terminator type of stuff with the animatronic Santa, that's fun. It's good times. But like the color hue of this is very um don't watch it if you have epilepsy i'll say that and uh it it, it kind of i don't know i felt like it kind of took me out of the movie a bit because you know when we get back to one of the main characters apartment and it's all just neon everywhere and it looks like a smoke machine went off you're thinking i'm thinking how the fuck do you live like that man if you if you drop your uh remote to your tv you're never going to find it because it's too goddamn dark in there with all this neon horse shit. I don't know. I just found it a little distracting. Like I said, it's over a little bit. Uh, I watched that. And lastly, I watched Dark Glasses, also from 2022. This is uh, Dario Argento's dramatic return to the giallo. It's not bad. Uh, you've got a Italian uh, prostituta. That uh, witnesses a murder and the, the killer comes back to kill her doesn't succeed but does uh, kind of run her off the road which causes her to go blind and in doing so also kills a Chinese family. So now her, the blind prostituta, and the surviving member of the Chinese family, a seven-year-old boy, now must avoid and try to solve the mystery of the who Once you get into that part, it's a standard giallo, really. Um, it's not bad. It's not a bad show. You got to be in the mood for a Giallo. Uh, it's very obvious who the killer is. You'll know it if you know the Giallo formula. You'll be like, ah, this is a fucking guy. I know it's you, you motherfucker. <laughs> and that is all I'm looking at, inmates. I think it's time for some immersion therapy. Finally!
1: immersion therapy
0: Yeah, troll. Um It's Kaiju. It's Norwegian. It's uh, about a troll that comes out and uh, we have to figure out a way to keep him from smashing all of Norway to shit. And uh, they do try to tug on your heartstrings at the end and make you feel bad for the troll. But again, he's going to level Norway and kill hundreds of people, thousands, probably millions of people. And when he's done with that, he might just move on to Sweden or Denmark. Who knows? You know. So there's that. Um, I don't know, man. It's a, it's, a, it's a giant troll. The troll looked pretty good, I thought. Uh, I know it's CGI, obviously. But like the look of the troll... Um, it looked very fair, tale ish I kind of, you know, it looks like somebody you'd want to go drinking with if he was our size. Um, all that being said, I, I don't even know that I call this a horror movie. It might be more of a disaster movie more than anything else. Uh, why don't we, uh, put it to a vote and all just decide to leave Kaiju, Kaiju movies to Japan. They do it better. They do it better. Uh... Japan and if they make another Cloverfield. I think other than that we can we, we don't need any we don't need anybody else trying to put together a giant uh hydra or anything like that. I don't know. I don't know, man. Maybe it's just me. Um, is alright. It's it's that's another one you could probably watch with your kids. It has a very fairy tale feel to it, you know, with the troll king and his family being pushed out and all that shit. Maybe check it out if you're interested. It's on uh, Netflix. Y- what might be your immersion therapy be for this week, you ask? Well, how about The Dead Girl in Apartment 03? Uh, let's see here. It's from 2022. And that's all I know about it at the moment. It is streaming on Shutter. Or I'm sorry, uh, Amazon Prime. Uh, it's short. It's only about an hour long. So you got that going for you. Check that shit out, inmates. I will do the same, and we can compare notes next week. But now, you must educate me.
1: Educating Miss Monica.
0: First, my clues from last week. I am a down on my luck private detective uh, in the Southern California area, and I've taken a job to locate a missing young lady. Good news, I've got some clues. She apparently is turning up dancing at the local strip clubs. Bad news, she may be affiliated with a religious cult that m- may or may not worship some very strange items, and I don't <laughs> That's a very... I am, of course... Hollywood Chainsaw Hookers. Guys, come on. Maybe you haven't seen that one. It's ridiculous. Um, Linnea Quigley, Michelle Bauer, Gunnar Hansen in there. Uh, more of a comedy. Plenty of TNA in it, though, as you might expect. Uh, Brink Stevens, I think, was in there, too, along with my horror crush, uh, Don Wildsmith. Um, I don't know. I think that one's on Tubi, if anybody wants to check it out. Who might I be this week? Well, I tell you what. Well, I am a accomplished horror writer that just inherited a house with a bit of a troubled past. Um, I also probably suffer a little PTSD, but I got to get to the. I was going to write a new book about uh, my PTSD and where I got it, uh, but instead, I'm now in this house. And I feel like I need to explore what's going on here and kind of get to the bottom of it. Uh, I also have other things. I'm newly divorced, and I'm thinking about possibly trying to have sex with my uh, sexy next-door neighbor uh, on one side. On the other side, this guy is not so sexy, but he might help me figure things out here at the house. I don't know. Uh, who might I be, you ask? Tune in next week, and I'll drop some knowledge on you, inmates. In the meantime, I think that's going to be about it for me this week. Thank you guys very much for joining me. Um, Tune in next week for UMA here, or Yuma, UMA or UMA? I I don't know. I haven't seen this one. Uh, But uh, here in the um, best of 2022 month, December here in the Padded Room. I do have a Patreon campaign going uh, if anybody's interested. Support.paddedroompodcast.com will take you right where you need to be. Five dollar donation gets you a travel mug, a shirt, control of the month of January, and possibly a little porn. Um, I don't know what I have left, but I'm happy to ship it off to you because I don't want it in my house anymore. My son is getting curious, and he's starting to look around here, and it's only a matter of time till he asks me, uh, you know, what a Eiffel Tower is, and that's a that's a conversation I don't want to have yet. I probably will have to have it at some time, but not right now. All right, let's let's back back that up a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> in the meantime, for Buddy and Absentia, Jason and Absentia, um, Giallo's the horny, horniest Italian ladies, and the scumbags that feel the need to kill them to get rid of their own mommy issues. Uh, kaiju trolls, of course, Hollywood chainsaw hookers, and the damage they can do. And the Padded Room podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over.